0: Urban Spelunking is supported by Landmark Credit Union. Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Imig, from 88.9. All right, Bobby, we're on the east side this week. We're on on Wall Avenue. Um, Wall Avenue runs for just three blocks, right? It's kind of a small little section.
1: W-A-H-L. Yes. Wall, yes. And it starts on Terrace on the south and then kind of curves up along the edge of Lake Park and ends at Lake Drive.
0: So these are some of the most beautiful homes. We're talking, again, about a mansion that's for sale uh, overlooking Lake Park on Wall what's kind of the, the landscape right over there on this part of the city? Is, are these all just like mansions right over here?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because on one side of the street, of course, is the park, which at times has had really great lake views because it's out at the right up on the bluff and depending on how high the trees and shrubs are in the park, you know, you can see the lake or mm-hmm. not. Um, but so it was really desirable land, which explains why I think on these three blocks of wall, the houses are really crammed.
0: Well, I mean, it's one of the best locations I'd imagine in the city. That you could think of, right? I mean, it is, yeah, right and on the lake, right over Lake Park.
1: Yeah, and when this house was built, it was the first one completed on the street. So at oh, the okay. time, it must have felt kind of wide open at that point because the the park was still relatively new, so the trees had not grown up yet. So it had a view clear out over the lake. Um, it had no neighbors, <laughs> although <laughs> right. um, one other house was being built on the block at the same time.
0: So the house that we're talking about right now is the, the Kern Mansion. Yeah. This is just gorgeous sandstone, this really reddish-orange color on the outside. These beautiful arches and stonework from the outside. And then inside, of course, uh, just stunning. Uh, we mentioned that this is for sale as well. So if you're in the market for a mansion, this could be yours. Yes. Uh, this is on the market as we're recording this right now. But what was your tour like going inside this incredible mansion?
1: It was pretty great because, you know, you get to see this beautiful house from the outside and you, you can only wonder what it looks like inside, right? Um, but I got to go inside and inside there's these beautiful uh, arched doorways that kind of match the unique arches out on the porch, uh, which is really interesting. These beautiful inlaid hardwood floors, which I'm a sucker for those. Yeah, you
0: know. I know you love a good... <laughs> Hardwood floor. And
1: then the, you know, the parlor has uh, mahogany paneling, which I don't even, you probably can't even do that anymore. I don't even know if you can get mahogany in that kind of quantity yes. anymore to do that. So, so much woodwork. Yeah. So really beautiful woodwork, beautiful stained glass. Stain glass everywhere. Yeah. It, was, it was interesting to me, too, that when I went up on the third floor where this was probably a big ballroom um, and then some smaller rooms that were probably servants' quarters, because we know that the Kearns had a couple of servants, even in those little rooms, there's stained glass windows.
0: Well, I learned an architectural term here reading your story, Bobby. You've got a quote in the story
1: from uh, Russell Zimmerman who's an expert.
0: Yeah. Um talking about the octagonal Bartisan. What's a what's a bartizan?
1: Yeah, that's the that's the there's a turret-like thing on the side that's octagonal and that's the Bartisan.
0: Oh, okay. So it's like yeah. a octagonal turret yeah. outside. Yeah. Beautiful. And you can actually see the inside of that turret. In your story. I love when you get, when you show the inside view of the turret, you know, that's just um, like,
1: yeah, I got to do that.
0: I would want to spend all day in the turret, right? I
1: took a picture of, <laughs> of the turret on every floor, although I, did, I don't think I put them all in the story.
0: Well, on the second part of our conversation here, Bobby, we're going to talk about the history of the residents, the people that have lived in this in, incredible mansion over the years. We, uh, we talked about it, it just getting in at the very end of the, uh, 1800s, 1899 and mm-hmm. So lots of history. We're going to kind of trace through some of the residents next on Urban Spelunking. Thanks for streaming 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. All the music you enjoy here is listener supported. And right now you have a chance to make a huge impact on the programming you enjoy. The Heil Family Foundation is matching gifts through October 5th. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org slash donate to double your support now. Support for 88.9 Radio Milwaukee comes from your membership and landmark credit union. Landmark Credit Union is proud to support Urban Spelunking and is proud to have been guiding members with financial options since 1933. Information about membership
1: is at LandmarkCU.com. Landmark Credit Union.
0: And we're back at the Kern Mansion. This is on Wall Avenue on the East Side. We talked about some of the really incredible features of this this mansion. So the the glasswork, the, the woodwork, the inlaid floors that mm-hmm. that you love. Um, we
1: did not talk about the um, the like the brass doorknobs and the escutcheons yes. on the door, like mm-hmm. on the doors. Just beautiful beautiful brasswork and stuff as well, yeah.
0: And they had kind of a, an interesting air conditioner system, right, that was... It
1: did have a really interesting air conditioning system that was... Um, so if you go in there now, there's still, in every room, um, at least on the main floor, there are these really ornate, I know you love when I say ornate, I do.
0: I, that was an old intern that really loved that word. It
1: was. <laughs> I, I like to say it as a tribute to you. <laughs>
0: yes, or <laughs> ornate. ornate. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> depends on how you say it, right? Um, yeah. But just these um, really ornate um, thermostats. Yeah, on the for walls. every room, right? Yeah. So, like, he wanted to have all of like most updated systems of things of these kinds of systems in the house, and so he really wanted uh, that kind of stuff, and he built. Uh, He had workers come in and build these wooden ducts to have what I believe is the first interior air conditioning system in a house. Yeah. Like how were
0: they getting that done in 1899?
1: I don't know. I'm assuming it had something to do with running cold water over a chiller, you know, like like kind of a, a standard sort of system. But um, it was apparently like the, the blowers and that sort of thing was apparently a very clunky, clanky, <laughs> I'd imagine, noisy yeah. system. When Russell Zimmerman wrote about the house in uh, the early 70s, I think it was, he talked about how it was sort of known as being a really loud – like <laughs> residents had sort of suffered through decades of this <laughs> this clattering, clanking system. Because it had
0: like chains and pulleys and things, right? Yeah,
1: right, right like, all kinds – to open the different vents and things, wow. right? Um, but I think by that time it had been um, it had been turned off. Okay. And it, it's since been removed completely from the house.
0: But those thermostats are still there. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. the most beautiful thermostat you've ever seen. Yeah, and I'm not sure if
1: they work or not, but the, I, it doesn't matter because they're such beautiful things, uh, just beautiful objects to have on the wall. They're almost like having artistic you know, pieces of art on the wall.
0: Well, let's talk about Kern. So Kern, uh, you know, decides that he wants to have air conditioning in every room and these beautiful Mm -hmm. thermostats, and he wants to have his inlaid (laughs) floors, and he wants his leaded glass. Right. He must have been doing pretty well. So He was
1: doing pretty well. He um, sort of inherited the family business. I mean, he did inherit the family business. His his dad was also John Kern, um, who had come over from Germany, spent some time out east, ended up in Milwaukee, um, and then became part of the... Company that ran the Birchy flour mill, okay. Because he married into the Birchies, so um, it was uh, his father in law's business um, that he his the father in law's son had taken over, and then Kern bought into it. You know, okay. And so then f- it,
0: flour milling, yeah. So Flower flour milling,
1: and at, at they at uh, one point had become the one of if not the largest one of the largest flour mills in the country. Oh, so it okay. was huge, and it was by the river on Vleet Street. Okay. Um, so he went off and opened his own on Bleed Street ultimately um, and then when he died, his sons took over and this John Kern that built this house was one of those sons and he was sort of the, the main guy running the mill making good money. I mean in those days, Milwaukee was huge because it was right on the edge of the breadbasket, right? I mean there was, Wisconsin was growing all this wheat um, and we had this port on the lake so that it was easy to ship the wheat out. And the flour out. So it was really like perfectly located to be a, a major player.
0: That's, that's yeah. really interesting. You know, we, we talk about the beer, of course, and mm-hmm. the tanners, uh, the tanneries that, and the uh, the different heavy industry that operated, but we don't really talk about the wheat industry that, yeah, that was, and it was booming. Yeah,
1: and it was huge. And really, before the trains got to Chicago, Milwaukee was uh, doing a bigger business in that than even Chicago was because really? wow. you didn't have to come as far down the lake to get to Milwaukee as you would to go down to Chicago. And the lake was how they were shipping things, yeah. But of course, course, once the trains came, that changed the story completely. Because then Chicago was a perfect train hub; trains didn't have to come as far north, right? Right.
0: Yeah, the, the, the trains really changed the game in the in the Midwest. Yes, yeah. And, I mean, just another another example of here we're talking about a, a mansion that's for sale, just kind of the the curiosity of what does it look like inside of this this mansion, and then now we're talking about the, like, thriving wheat industry in Wisconsin. <laughs> right? and the, well, that's the
1: beauty of, of these stories is that there, <laughs> right? there are really all of these things combined, right? I mean, you can look at the beautiful house and be like, well, that's a beautiful house, but there's so much more to be said about that. Where did the money for the beautiful house come from? Like, mm-hmm. oh, just all this different... Stuff And Kern and, and his wife never had kids, so it's interesting that they chose to build such a big house. Um, I just sort of picture the two of them puttering around in this ginormous <laughs> house, you know. And uh, the woman that lives there now told me that she she and her husband also um, live there alone, but they had kids that are now grown and have kids of their own. And so sometimes the, the kids come and bring the grandkids, and, they, sure, and then, yeah. the, then the house feels full and full of activity. But she said even when they're not there, when it's just the two of them— she doesn't feel like it's too much house. She said they live in every room. You know what I mean? They they literally use every room for something. She said every day I'm in every room of the house. It's not. It's not like um, they feel like they're in this cavernous space.
0: Yeah, and there's uh, four four bathrooms, five bedrooms, something like that. Yeah, That's something like that. They got bedrooms. Yeah, and bathrooms and it's like in five
1: thousand something square feet.
0: Here, let's it's get big, this right. So it's big. So five bedrooms, four full baths, one half bath. They, uh, they've they got 16 rooms in this mansion with 5,600 square feet. Yeah. So, yeah. It,
1: so, so what's interesting to me, though, is that the Kearns, who never had kids, they lived in this house. And uh, what I saw on census records, they generally had two servants, okay, a man and a woman. So I'm guessing one was sort of a cook, maid, and one was probably sort of a driver, kind of butler. Um, but what was interesting is – they decided to build a new house, and I figured, well, this makes sense. You know, they're getting older. They don't the have Kearns. kids. The Kearns, yeah. Yeah. Um Further up on Lake Drive, and I thought, well, you know, they probably didn't need as much house, you know. And they didn't because they only built one that was like 4,900 square feet.
0: <laughs> <So> they they <laughs> downsized like 700 square feet. <laughs> right. <huh?
1: laughs> right. So I guess, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I guess people wanted a lot of space back then. I think of that now, and I think for two people, this is a lot of money and heat and a lot of cleaning. But yeah, yeah, I guess if I you can afford a house yeah. like that, you don't really worry about the you don't think about those things like maybe we do.
0: <laughs> so who came after the Kerns?
1: Um, so that was a sort of a long string of people. And the one the next interesting person I found was the the Krieger family, and the the Mrs. Krieger's mother lived there for a while. Okay. And what I thought was interesting about her was that she was the widow of uh the guy that used to run the Cream City Brick Company. Oh, interesting! So okay. it makes me wonder what he would have thought of her living in a sandstone house. Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah, I suppose that would have been contentious. <laughs>
1: but, but there is cream city brick underneath.
0: Okay, so there, you there get there a little is. best of both worlds. Exactly.
1: Here. Oh, so then in the fifties, the house was turned into a duplex.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So
1: there, there were then like two groups of people living in the house, um, and one of them was a woman named Margaret Diefenthaler lived there, and she was uh, well known by the stage name Margaret D apparently oh. and she used to play in a piano duet with a guy named Roland Dittle. and um, they would apparently tour the country and play with orchestras really? and so things all around the country
0: Margaret D and Ro- Roland Dittle.
1: yeah and I mean if you search the names in the newspapers their names come up all the time really wow playing concerts around town but also apparently for traveling around the country and doing that so I thought that was interesting and then she was married to a guy who was a sort of a well-known vocal coach um and after he died, she just kept going on as like a piano teacher. So presumably, I'm guessing she was giving piano lessons in the house. Sure. Because yeah. she was doing it privately, they said. Um, so when I went in the house, this time one of the first things I saw was a grand piano and I immediately thought of Margaret D. Oh. Um, I don't know that, I don't believe it was her piano, but still, just you, yeah. know, you could imagine the house sort of full yeah, of definitely. piano music.
0: And um, It's a perfect little detail that she yeah, uncovered. that. yeah.
1: And then the late 50s, it was bought by a guy named uh, Frank Nelson, who was an attorney, and his wife, Catherine, uh, who was Catherine Greason originally. Um, and they were interesting because Catherine was a graduate of Vassar, and um, the woman who lives there now, also a graduate of Vassar, mm. and said that she had a, a letter from Catherine. Um, I don't know where she got it, but she had this letter that Catherine had written— Uh, when I guess she was thinking about getting married or had just gotten married and was trying to decide whether or not she should um, basically give up her career desires and just be sort of like the happy housewife Hmm. to the attorney husband. Um, And apparently like as like a good Vasher woman, (laughs) she kept her career. And really, I mean, I don't,
0: I I was not, I was
1: not able to find much of anything about Frank Nelson's career as an attorney, which is not to say it's not out there, but I, But what I found about her career was really interesting. She was um, a professor at UWM of geology and also at the Downer College before UWM. And after it became UWM, she was the dean of the department.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: she was uh, for two separate fairly long stints. She was the director of the Green Museum. On campus, which is like oh, cool, a geology yeah. muse- museum on campus, which I'm trying to get into, so that that can- would be a good speed They have yes, the, uh, and maybe you can come with me, and we'll do a.
0: Let's do that. Yeah. Don't they don't they have like a like real world or like live geological activity and surveys yeah, happening? Yeah, like, yeah, like a little ticker. yeah yep, I've yep. seen that. I was so, peeked in there when I was going to school there. Yeah.
1: So the green museum. Uh, coincidentally, before I started writing about this house, I had emailed the the. Uh, UWM professor who is in charge of the Green Museum and said, "When's it going to be open? Because I want to come see." So actually, this is a All interesting right. aligning of stars. But so she was the at, at the Green Museum, and it was funny when they did a story on them in the um, I think it was in the seventies. They talked about how the couple were big Bucks fans, and I thought, if only they'd been around now, right? How excited <laughs> uh, would yeah. they have been to, you know, to experience the Bucks championship? But then there was a really funny quote in that story because she said. um, you can tell which house is ours because there's a lot of rocks on the outside, and also on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> because he's a geologist. Yes, you
0: know. yes, that is definitely geologist humor right there. Yeah, so Real I, rock humor.
1: To me, this is the stuff that makes it interesting. You know, because again, as we said earlier, there's a beautiful house, which is great. You know, nice. Um, and then it's got this history about like, who built it, where he got the money, how it sort of fits into all this other stuff. But really, the story, the interesting part of the story of the house is the people who live there, right? Yeah, I mean, all um, these like interesting characters that kind of pop up that you'd never know. I mean, nobody's really talking about Katherine Nelson or Margaret D. It's kind of nice to kind of give them another little moment in uh, in the sun. Yeah, and you think about
0: like when you when you were there, um, you know, seeing that piano and and just kind of thinking about Margaret D. For a moment, like that's that's kind of a beautiful. Part of your job, and part, and part of why this podcast exists, is to kind of just uh, remember the folks that that made our built environment what it
1: is. Yeah, and you think about like what mean, people when they lived in the houses. I mean, they lived their lives in the houses. Yeah. right? they had their kids. Mm-hmm. They the kids grew up. They had you know. I mean, it's just an interesting uh, an interesting take on what's just an otherwise lovely house.
0: And it is a very lovely house. You can see that. the photos, of course. We've got the the link to Bobby's story right in the info box. In the show notes here where you're listening right now, you can go right to Milwaukee and see his photos. And I I one thing that I noticed with this sandstone, it kinda reminds, you know, there's other there's other buildings on and mansions on the east side that oh, have yeah. the sandstone exterior. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of uh the Downer, the former Downer College, right? Yeah, on, very similar, right? Um or is it like where Johnston Hall is and yep. on UWM's campus? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so like that uh you see these buildings on on the east side once in a while with that sandstone. and It is so striking. Um, was that like a common material at the time as opposed to cream city brick or?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it was one of the, one of the materials that was out there. I mean, you like you said, you do see it if you, especially around the east side, you walk around, you'll see a lot of houses built out of that. Um, it, I'm sure it was just an alternative that was a distinctive way, especially in a city full of cream city brick houses. Like if you wanted to, to distinguish your house, you might actually opt for not doing it in cream city brick.
0: Yeah, it's a, another really beautiful mansion that's for sale and yep. you, you it could be yours. So for a
1: cool 1.625. <laughs> All
0: right. Million. So you can uh, you can go find those photos right in the info box on this page and make sure you subscribe to Radio Milwaukee's uh, podcast. We've got this podcast and many others from Radio Milwaukee. This is uh this is my favorite though because I've <laughs> I learned so much <laughs> from you Bobby.
1: This it, is the one I never miss an episode of. That. <laughs> yeah, me neither.
0: That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, podcast here on 889 produced by Kenny Perez handcrafted sonic inspiration from the license lab we get support from your membership from landmark credit union and from on Milwaukee please do subscribe rate and review and if you're just joining us on this podcast we've we've got tons of podcast like 180 episodes 180 something right? yes. 160 yeah. something
1: 180 something
0: you can go way deep in the vault and learn so much about Milwaukee check us out if you're just joining us here on urban spelunking go go back a few years and check out some past episodes all right bobby next week we're we're going back to downtown Milwaukee to Schlitz Park I'm
1: going downtown
0: this is a, a this is a, an incredible office building with a lot of history, too. Of course, the former Schlitz Brewery that has been in this kind of constant state of renovation and change over the years. And now it's um, it's got this huge mural that you've probably seen from the street level. So we're going to give you kind of a, an update of what's going on there next week on Urban Spelunking.